Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Great Cave. It's your man, Kovu. Got Monty in here, as always. What up, Monty? What's good? What's good? How you been? Um, I've been, I've been, um, been all right. You know, chilling, vibing, brainstorming and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, today I, I had a crazy set of, like, bad dreams that made me wake up prematurely. Like, I, I probably would have got an extra hour or two of sleep, uh, an extra hour or two of sleep had I not keep having these reoccurring, well, not reoccurring. They weren't the same dream over and over. It was just like a dip, different variation of bad. Um, and it, it might've been because I was binge watching uh, a serial killer Netflix show called The Night Stalker. And- um, is, that an, is that an anime? No, it's a, uh, it's a real life docu-series about The Night Stalker, a serial killer that, uh, was really rampant in the, I believe, the 80s, 1985, 1986, something like that. And uh, really graphic, you know, he killed a lot of people and it showed dead bodies. And and he was very, um, it was very weird because usually serial killers, they fit a certain type of mode. They have a certain type of victim, a certain type of age range, a certain type of race. This person didn't discriminate at all. So you could be old, young, and he also didn't kill all of his victims. And he would also like, he would like sneak in people's houses, get their kids, and then rape them, rape the kids, and then abandon them somewhere. So this is something like unlike any other serial killer that I've ever seen on any documentary, whether it be Ted Bundy or Jeffrey Dahmer. Like this dude had his whole point was to be the spawn of Satan. He was in his own words in alignment with true evil uh, human nature. Cause he believes that everybody's evil and he was just like closely in tune with his evil and he wanted to demonstrate that. And um, yeah, you know, it, it was a really good documentary, really high budget, high production, um, very graphic. Um, and of course they interviewed some of the survivors, you know, they like, he was raping kid, like girls and boys as young as eight and nine years old. And then having them, you know, basically tell their stories and cry while they're telling those stories because, you know, they're reliving that trauma. Um, it was it was a really gut-wrenching show. And so, um, and yeah, he, he believed in Satan. Either he believed in Satan or he, he, he just wanted to be a, like, legendary serial killer and maybe he attached his name to Satanism. But he carved, like, a pentagram in his hand. He took, sometimes he'll take his victim's lipstick and put a pentagram on the wall and uh yeah man it was just it was just nasty so maybe that was I, i'm usually good at watching shows like really dark docuseries true crime shows without having dreams but uh i think this one in particular had me having reoccurring nightmares about murders and stuff like that it was weird but um but yeah so uh, uh mm -hmm. so would you say you know because you know this type of stuff the real serial killer stuff you know, as you grow older, this type of stuff becomes more scary than ghosts or something supernatural. Because I feel like, you know, as we grow up, we we, we we understand what the real horrors are. 
in our lives. And I feel like, you know, serial killers and things happening in real world is what, what kind of scares us. I think that's why that's the reason you might be having these type of dreams or, you know, nightmares as to say. So, you know, it makes sense because when you're young, you know, uh, what really scares us is like supernatural things like yeah, ghosts yeah, or yeah. goblins. And but, yeah, as you grow older, it's like, damn, this shit, this shit is more scary than uh, any ghost you ever hear of, you know? Yeah, because it's 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 humanity. It's us at the end of the day. Uh, and, what you know, we're the scariest monsters of them all because there's no debate about if it's real or not. And, um, yeah, you see it. It's just in your face. So, yeah, definitely, man, definitely. Um, and so would you would you be comfortable to, like, you know, describe what type of uh, these, uh, what type of things you saw? Uh, do you remember anything from the nightmares? Because, you know, I'm always interested to hear what people, how people see see through their nightmares or dreams. It's, it's always interesting because, you know, I have some, you know, I sometimes get some crazy nightmares too, like not even nightmares, just things that that once you get out of it's like thank god it's not real you know yeah 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 um i i have uh wrote one down because one was just so ridiculous that i woke up and just wrote it down and then went back to sleep uh that one is a little bit more in in depth so we can get to that one like at another time but one another one that popped in my head the one before the one i wrote down was uh there was this dude on the sh- like in an alley. I-, I guess it was an alley, getting like strangled, and he was like using his remaining last breaths to say help, help, help. And I saw uh, <laughs> there was an axe around. I don't ask me why there was like this axe around, but there was an axe around. So I took the axe and decapitated the dude that was strang uh, that was strangling the the would be fatal victim, and. Once I did that, not only did I get arrested, but the dude that I saved was mad at me. He was yelling at me like, why did you kill him? Why did you kill him? I just wanted you to like get him off me. Why did you kill him? And I'm like, he was about to kill you and you're telling me to help you. It was just so confusing, bro. And that the fact the fact that the would be victim was ang- like angry at me might have been scarier than the fact that I just killed somebody. The fact that like he's mad at me for helping him because I killed his, his, uh, per- the perpetrator. That was, that was weird, bro. So that's yeah, a lot of times, uh, most of the, most of the things don't really make that much sense if you look deep into it, but yeah, it's still, it's still scary while, while, you know, you're going through it as you're sleeping. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, the other one was like the one after that was 10 times crazier and it really didn't make any sense either, but it was just a lot more, in depth it was a lot longer it was layers like point a to point b like the dream i just told you about that just happened in one scene but the one after that was it was like scenes in a movie that transpired and uh, i had to write it down i don't know if i would use it for like later inspiration and writing or whatever but it was just crazy but um man crazy that you mentioned that because you know sometimes actually you know once you have like a really crazy dream or a nightmare i actually do write them down too sometimes you never know that could become a movie in the future. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, yeah. so you get a lot of original creative ideas out of dreams and nightmares. Yeah, you know, yeah. Make, hey, that's why I make me a, you know, he has that song, Dreams and Nightmares. Yeah, man. It's something about dreams. It's one of the more mysterious things uh, when it comes to humanity and like 
our journey and, and spirituality and stuff like that. We still can't really, uh, we still don't really know what what dreams are about. Like, like there's theories about the subconscious, and uh, I think neuroscientists have an have an idea, uh, but I don't know. It's still very mysterious. Dreams are still very much mysterious, and uh, I'm not sure we'll ever like get to the point where we fully understand them or why. But uh, they are they are fascinating, and as you said, they do inspire great works of art. For, uh, rather it's music, rather it's movies. Um, yeah, man. So. The, the crazy thing about that, though, Monty, is like our first topic is something that is like some horror movie, horror movie type, type oh, of yeah, feel, yeah. type of vibe. Yeah. And uh, yeah, before you get into that, uh, mm-hmm. you want to run down uh, all, the, all the things we might talk about this episode? Oh, oh, but yeah, here's a quick rundown. So first, the first uh, story is Azalea Banks. Um and her dead, her relationship with a dead cat. Uh, we'll go into that. The second, which is one, especially scary, you know, because uh, you're a cat person, so that might hit you, hit you differently than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think even the average person that don't like cats would even be like, "What the fuck?" But yeah, like obviously, if you're a cat person or a dog person, and something happens to a cat or a dog, it's going to resonate more, especially if you're a pet owner as well. Um, the second story is a story about wife and Lucci. The, the the rapper um being charged with with he's wanted for felony murder uh third story is a chief keef ybn story chief keef uh checking ybn about something he said about tuka i believe uh the fourth is uh vic mensa and um vic mensa's nonprofit organization being robbed of like over forty thousand dollars worth of stuff which is sad um the fifth one is it's a headline on BBC, but it's not necessarily new. But I'm I'm down to talk about it, which is a uh, drill music being used as used a lot in court for trials as evidence. Um, and uh, the last topic is a reaction video that I know nothing about, and we'll get to that when we get to it. I'll let you introduce it. I'm I'm very interested and uh, curious as to what that video could be that we're reacting to, and that's the first time. This is the first this time we've reacted to a video together on a podcast, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's not even like a reaction type video. It's like a reaction to the story, pretty much. They're describing pretty mm-hmm. much what's been happening. Mm-hmm. And those of you who don't know, it's, uh, it's the Soho Karen saga that has been blowing up the internet recently. And yeah, we'll go over that later on. Yep, yep. I know nothing about that. And um, as always, the last is what we're gonna we're gonna talk about what we've been what media that we've been consuming and that has caught our interest or whatever. So, um, yeah, but back to the, to the horror, horror story segue, you know, going from bad dreams to, uh, a reality, which is, uh, rapper Azalea Banks. I don't know if you guys know about her, but she's a very polarizing figure. She's a very controversial figure. Um, yeah, she always has something, you know, every, every couple of months or so she pops up with some crazy new headline and, you know, it's this one is kind of it's probably the craziest in my opinion. It's definitely one of the craziest ones. She even had like a she was a part like she had a Me Too headline as well, where she uh, said that Russell Crowe assaulted her. Uh, some about like I think 
I, I could be very wrong about this, but I think she accused Russell Crowe of spitting, spitting on her or something like that. Uh, but I don't know whatever happened with that. Uh, I don't remember Russell Crowe being canceled after that or anything like that. But uh, if it happened, then it's fucked up. But um, yeah, Zelda Banks has a has a long history of uh, antagonizing uh, celebrities. One of her most earlier documented ones that were that was very high profile was her beef with uh, Iggy Azalea. Uh, then there was Ti. Ti and Tiny, um, then um, Zane uh, Zane Malik. Um, she actually <laughs> that's a lot, man. That's a lot of names. Yeah, and she racially attacked Zane Malik. You know, she went like she took a dig at his on, on some racial shit with him. Um, and then obviously the Russell Crowe one, and uh, now the headline is Azalea Banks sparks concern by digging up and cooking her dead cat. Um, that's the part that got me, man. The cooking part. I'm like. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it says Azalea Banks has left fans concerned after digging up and cooking her dead cat, documenting the process on our Instagram. The rapper, 29, posted a series of photos and videos as she appeared to dig up pet, pu- uh, pet puss Lucifer and cooked it in a pan. The video has since been removed for violating Instagram's terms. Quote, I guess this was her caption, Lucifer, 2009 to 2020, my dear kitty. Thank you for everything. A legend, an icon, forever a servo serve. Um, and then there's a picture of uh, it's a photo of the cat skull on her wall, and she posted it on uh, her Instagram story. And so, of course, people were left horrified, and uh, they were concerned for the singer. With many left wondering whether this was an elaborate prank. Uh, so some people are like, are you cooking the cat? Somebody else said, girl, why are you making cat soup? Um, somebody said, Azalea, enough, yo. Um, but this this headline is like, it isn't super surprising to me because I do, uh, like back in 2016, she admitted to practicing witchcraft by sacrificing chickens in her home. And I do remember like- Yeah, that one was crazy too. I'm like- bro, Yeah, she, I remember a she photo. Has, she, she has some history with animals, man. Yeah, and I remember a photo of like her closet and it was like hella bloody. It was like a room that was like hella bloody. I believe it was a closet. And uh, I thought that shit was wild back then. But obviously the cat is going to generate more headlines. Like, because let's be honest, the average person, at least in America, cares more about cats and dogs than chickens because, you know, we eat chickens. People decapitate chickens to cook them, whatever, whatever. But a cat. A, a, a dead cat at that so it isn't like she i don't know and she dug it up like there's there's this isn't the main concern but there's nothing there's not even nourishment i i don't believe like there's nothing healthy about digging up a dead animal like after it's gone through its you know death you know dying process rigor mortis and all that uh and then cooking it and uh i don't know if she ate it it didn't say in this article if she ate it or not but usually when you cook something, you do plan on eating it. Like, uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised if she has some sort of, since she does practice witchcraft, I wouldn't be surprised if this is some sort of ritual. I and, saw some I saw some people saying, you know, they're into witchcraft too, but this is taking it to another level. Yeah, right? Yeah, I, I, um, I've heard about, I, I know about, I know of some voodoo practitioners. Yeah. Never heard, never heard a voodoo practitioner involving a cat or a dog though um 
and cooking it or, or stuff like that. I've heard some crazy voodoo stories though, so I'm not like about to juxtapose which ones though. Though you know how worse it can get with voodoo versus what Zoya Banks did, but I'm just saying this is very much a new thing to me. Uh, obviously, man, it's um, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's, it's it's definitely disgusting, man. Yeah, um, man. I I read this uh, story that I was eating lunch, man. I couldn't. <laughs> I had to, to, to pause for a second. I was like, good. Eh. You know, sometimes you watch something so disgusting or, you know, read something and and you try to eat and it's just, uh, you can't do it, man. Yeah, this is definitely not a headline you want to read or or article you want to read while eating. Like, nah, that's disgusting. Um, but yeah, obviously, like, I got a, I got uh, two cats, Migi and Cleo, uh, and I couldn't imagine doing that. Like, I, I don't know. And she, and the caption shows that um she loved this cat you know she called the, uh, the cat a legend the icon and all of this and all of that uh so I, I'm, I'm just not really getting the the logic here i couldn't imagine desecrating the i don't yeah, think any pet mind. owner can imagine desecrating the the grave of their own pet like the digging it up not even the cooking part just digging it up i just can't i don't get that thought process um and then yeah in her mind she's thinking that you know this this uh this just showing love but i don't think any normal person are would would think this would be any any way of showing love to your dead cat so you know we, we definitely got to talk about her you know what she's going through as mentally because you know uh, she definitely might be suffering from some type of mental issues because you know she has a history of just doing and saying a lot of a lot of wild shit, man yeah 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 um and that's why i'm not like I'm not about to rip her apart or anything like that. Like, yeah. uh, the dude I did, was fine with ripping apart was that there was a documentary called Don't Fuck With Cats. And I can't remember the, the dude's name. Oh, but, yeah. um, he would take kittens and just torture them while they were alive, you know, feed them the snakes, put them in vacuum sealed bags, and then suck all the air out of it while the kitten dies. He was doing that specifically for like fame. Like, he wanted to blow his name up and, you know, shock value. And then he ended up killing people. And, uh, like, and you can say, oh, well, there's something mentally wrong with him, too. But, like, that's different, though, because he was tortured. Yeah, there's, like, crossing the lines. You know, there's definitely lines. And yeah, yeah, yeah. These were live little kittens or whatever. Like, this cat presumably wasn't killed by Zoya Banks. So yeah. I, there was no, I guess, real harm that came to the cat while, while it was alive. Assuming that. I'm just assuming that. But it still is very disturbing. It is disgusting. But, yeah, man, I, I hope she – I hope somebody around her can – um Get her checked out. Take her to a psych ward. I'm just wondering though, if you if you do, <laughs> if you do want to try to help her, like how do you even help her with these type of situations? Like, I would not know how to approach somebody that I would know who's doing this type of shit. And I I, I don't even I don't I don't even think I would be able to tolerate, you know, going into inside their house with all the shit that they've been doing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. That that that's the thing. You gotta want. You gotta. There's only two ways you can get admitted. You, you gotta want help, or, you know, get convinced that you need. You know, need to get checked out, or um, have it be court ordered by a judge. But to to make it court ordered by a judge would mean that she would have to actually do it to like a live cat or like break a real law. You know, yeah. um, that's the only way she could be forced 
Is it? Yeah, this this does not happen like at all. So there's no loss for it. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, I was actually watching a documentary of like this woman who would have sex with dead bodies. Like she she worked at a morgue and she would secretly have sex with dead bodies. This was like in the '60s in California, I believe, and she didn't get in that much trouble because there was no laws because it's just never been done before. Like people just generally didn't have sex with, with dead bodies. So of course they made laws after that. But when she was out here fucking the, 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 uh, the dead bodies of, of people and family. And, and not only that, like she would take people out of their graves or, or no, she would take the dead bodies before they got a chance to be buried and, you know, do what she want with them and then bring, bring the body back. And she didn't get in trouble for for a lot of it because again there was no laws for it so um i'm not i'm not like a lawyer or anything like this but it wouldn't surprise me if she didn't go to jail off of this because uh, there's no usually laws when it comes to pets and animals is due to what you do to them while they're alive but being that it was dead damn you know what can you really do so man we're, we're off to a great start to the podcast man serial killers you know dead cats is having sex with dead bodies <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 wild. It's wild. But um, yeah, man. I just, I just, man. Hope hope somebody can can get her some help. But she has that. She has like a very abrasive personality too. So she, if if it's one thing, right? Because I have yeah. a family member who suffers from like schizophrenia, and he was he was having episodes, some disturbing episodes, um, and he knows it. And he still is very hesitant on going to get help. But the difference between that is I don't think Azalea Banks knows that, like, she might be truly convinced that this is spiritually, like, the best thing to do. Like, this is her spirituality, right? So it's one thing if she knew what she was doing was wrong, but it's another thing if she thinks that she's right. And then you try to come and tell her that, her, you know, how she practiced her spirituality is wrong. You know, she might yeah. she might end up cussing you out, fighting you or whatever. So that's yeah, it's, it's just a real tricky situation. You know, with her and Kanye, it's like you know they have such a long history, and I feel like people definitely already tried to get them help at some point. It's like it's up to you, man. Uh, some it's like you know people try so so many times, and you're not willing to get help. So at at some point, it's it's only up to you to get get help by yourself you know you got to be yeah. a responsible adult at that point so yeah it just sucks them. for the families right because it's it's easy for like people outside the families to say like man it's it's on her but the families you know they're uh, us as people we're not designed to like leave people by themselves um and the same thing with like drug addiction and, and a bunch of things it's like it just sucks when the family has to be there and be patient for that person and uh wake up to headlines like Azalea Banks is sparks controversy for dicking up and eating her dead cat or cooking her dead cat. Like there's just like, uh, imagine being her brother or something or yeah. her mother. And it's like, damn, I can't do anything. And the internet is like calling her a Satanist. And like, I don't know, man, it, it gets crazy. It gets crazy. Yeah. But, I don't um, know about, you know, throwing names out, out there for her, you know, cause you know, she's already suffering enough. If she has, he, she's having to do all this type of wash it. So, you know, you can only hope she can get better. Right, right, right. So, um, in twenty twenty, as we know, we've talked about it multiple times on the show. Um, there was just uh, a seemingly like like a big uptick in rappers dying or getting charged with like crazy crimes. 
lot of it being murder. There was rappers that got charged with murder that we didn't even uh, mention. Um, and I think there was this artist from from Atlanta named Lil Loaded, and he actually had a song with King Von. It was crazy because I think it was in the same week, definitely the same month, where King Von died from being murdered, and the and the rapper Lil Loaded. I hope I got his name right. I'm I'm, I'm about to Google in a minute. He got charged with murder. He got charged with murdering somebody. And then, obviously, uh, at the end of 2020, we saw um, the Casanova thing and the G Herbo thing being tried by the FBI. So here we are 13 days into 2021, and it feels like 2020 is working overtime. Like, I've seen some YouTubers say, uh, some bloggers say uh, that it doesn't, it just feels like 2020 redux. Like, it just feels like 2020 working overtime. Um, Doesn't really feel like much of a change. Um, and we've talked about this before as well. Like once, I mean, there's momentum with 2020, right? Like, uh, it doesn't give it, the universe don't really care about our arbitrary, uh, year deadlines. Like it ain't like, Oh, yeah. well it is, it is January 1st of a new year. So let, let, let me fall, let the universe is about to fall back. Um, yeah, it's not probably, a person. it's just, it's just there. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it is what it is. So with all that being said, uh, wife and Lucci, is reportedly wanted by the Atlanta police on multiple charges, including felony murder. Um, now, YFN Lucci is a is a, a a dope artist. You know, he raps about um, the trap lifestyle, uh, the struggles of a street street nigga, and all that. And uh, there's there's this uh, this lady that I know that I'm close to it that. Um, really listen like she she loves her some YFN Lucci. I don't know if she knows about this yet. If she doesn't, I'll let her know uh later, you know, after the podcast. But you know, this is legitimately like probably her top five favorite rapper. Um I don't listen to him as much or that much at all really to be honest. But yeah, same. It's still crazy. <laughs> like YFN Lucci is like uh uh I'm assuming like assuming to be like a millionaire. So you like wondering like how do high-profile artists keep ending up in situations. Not, like, I get, like, them being a target, you know, rest in peace, pop smoke, and all that. But to actually be the one to allegedly pull off a murder, and we don't know shit. This is just a a charge. You know, this is just, he's wanted by the police for felony murder. For all we know, he had nothing to do with it. Snoop Dogg was uh, uh, infamously charged with murder. He beat the murder case, so we don't know. We're just speculating. But uh, going deeper into the article, it says, well, I fan Lucci is reportedly a wanted man. According to a tweet from CBS Force, uh, CBS 46 reporter Jasmine on Tuesday evening, January 12th, said the Atlanta rapper is currently being investigated for his alleged involvement in an Atlanta shooting. Just in, Atlanta police are looking for 29-year-old Rayshawn Bennett, a.k.a aka yfn they say he's wanted on multiple charges for his role in the shooting and uh, the shooting death of a 28 year old james adams um and so this uh cbs 46 reports officers were dispatched to the 900 block of uh people street in southwest atlanta on the afternoon of december 10th and upon arrival discovered adams laying in the street with a gunshot wound to the head he was rushed to Grady Hospital, but doctors were unable to save him. A second victim, 32-year-old Kevin Wright, was dropped off at a local fire station by a private vehicle minutes later. While he, too, suffered a gunshot wound, he survived. Atlanta police homicide investigators determined the two shootings are possibly related. Lucci is charged with felony murder, aggravated assault, participation in criminal street gang activity, 
and possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony. Through an exhaustive investigation and coordination with the Fulton County District Attorney's Office and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, police also arrested 23-year-old Ravon Boyd and 17-year-old Leroy Pitts. So that's that, Monty. Um, yeah, man, I, I'll never understand how how so many rappers just end up in these situations, man. But now if you look at like a like the history of it, it's always something related to another, you know, so another rapper happening to, so you know, how with King Vaughn and everything, it's like a, it's like a domino effect, you know, it's like who you're around, who, who you are, who you are around and the circles that you're in, it's like, it follows you, you know, once it happens to somebody else and it happens to you. So it's like, it's like, you know, how Kendrick has a song, man. It's like, it's like peer pressure. I feel like, you know, with, with, who you hang out with and everything and it just and after that you just you just in this shit and you it's hard to get out of it yeah 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 and we're speaking we're, we're sp speaking in general like we don't we don't know about wife and she's in, like involved in yeah. whatever but we're just looking at the trend the overall trend of rappers that are high profile that have uh financially they're like uh, many tax brackets uh uh separated from section eight and all of that and um still finding themselves in these situations and uh yeah man it's it, it is it's hard to it's hard to wrap the mind around well it's not it's not hard to wrap my mind around in terms of like like understanding the issue it's just hard to wrap my mind around like the the high rate of people like not being able to successfully detach because the older hip-hop street elder statesmen a lot more of them seem to be successful with it. So you got T.I., he comes from the streets. Young Jeezy famously said in an interview that he had to cut off a lot of people in the streets that just didn't know how to transition into the industry with him. So he don't, yeah. he only kept a few around him because he knew that like he was bound to get into some shit keeping those guys around. Um, Gucci, man. I, I would say Chief Keef is like the most prominent one because, you know, you would think with all the involvement he he had within within Chicago, he would be, you know, trapped within that circle. But man, props to Chief Keep because I was checking out this video mm -hmm. uh, titled like why Chief Keep does not, you know, hang hang around the old block anymore and you know, it just breaks down how he was able to escape and, you know, not not do it with, with any when he any heartful intent. You know, he still he still showed love to where he came from, but he knew how to get by, get out of it, and you know, just stay in a good situation over time, and not, not, not fall back into the, these type of you know terrible situations. So, props to Chief Keith, man. Yeah, bro, and I mean, Monty, like, unless you got more to say about the YFN Lucci situation, dog, I think this is a perfect segue into this Chief Keith story. Um, oh yeah, of course. Because I have quite a, I got quite strong feelings about this one. Um, so. It says, Chief Keef, the headline reads, I'm going to read the article first and then I'm going to give you all my take. Chief Keef checks YBN Almighty J for saying, fuck Tuka, following Lil Durk's admission. Chief Keef is leaving all of his old feuds in the past while playing his favorite video game GTA 5 online with a few friends, including YBN Almighty J earlier this week. Social checked Almighty J for cursing Tuka's name, who was a gangster disciple affiliate killed in 2012. Uh, and so... Somebody said, uh, uh, Jada Youngin said, uh, wait, yeah, 
Uh, it says, quote, hey, it's Jada Youngin. Fuck Tuka. Let me get in there. He can be heard saying while trying to fit in and get a reaction out of the Chicago natives in the room. Ooh, I, I want to say something right there, but I, I, I'll just say what Chief Keith said in response. Seconds later, so sleep, so calmly interjected, letting Jay know that dissing, that his dissing wasn't going to be tolerated. I don't even know why you saying Shardy name. That shit's old. That's what Chief Keith said. And uh, Tuka born, Shondell Gregory was allegedly murdered by Black Disciple gang members at just 15 years old during January 2012. In the past, Chief Keith often took shots at Tuka and his music by name dropping him in a derogatory fashion, but that doesn't seem to be the case going forward. Even eight years later, Tuka's name would be used in raps and smoking Tuka became a popular saying to jab him in the grave. In 2020, the late King Von, who was also affiliated with the Black Disciples, referenced Tuka on, quote, all, uh, on all these niggas featuring Little Dirk. Uh, quote, Tuka in my lung. I say that every time because he got smoked. Earlier this week, Dirk clarified that he wouldn't be name dropping the dead in his rhymes any longer following the loss of Von in November at the hands of street violence. Little Dirk said, I'm done name dropping the dead after my deluxe album. Uh, and so in December... Mothers who lost children to gang violence in Chicago sat down for an interview with Drea Osho. Tuka's mom, Dominique Boyd, opened up about the heartbreaking feeling of hearing her son's name used as a diss in raps all these years later. All these years later. And she said, I don't get how they could be intimidated by someone who is 15 years old and want to take a person and want to be making it into a strain of weed. Like, how could you say smoking on Tuka? Like, where did that come from? Who smokes on a dead person? It makes me upset. Where does the level of disrespect stop? He's already dead. Boyd continued, people are just so cruel out here in this world. My son has been dead for 10 years. If it ain't the upcoming rappers, it's the ones already in the industry. And they don't even know my son. And that's the end of the article. But yeah, Monty, that, first, off, that's, that, first off, shout out to Lil Durk. Like, he's saying he's not going to be name dropping anymore. Yeah. Like, that's a big, uh, 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 that's, that's big. A big part of Yeah, King we have Bonds, seen a lot of growth from Chief Keeper and Lil Durk over the years, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um like that's big of Chief Keef to like first off, bro, like I don't know why me and Jay Almighty, Jay the Younger or whatever, but like that is some like weak ass shit. You're playing GTA five online, Chief Keef happens to be in the room, so to fit in, you feel like, oh, I'm gonna say fuck Tuka because like almost a decade ago you made a song called, you know, Fuck Tuka Smoking on Tuka. So you're going to love this, right? Just like yeah. fucking, just like fucking Quando Rondo. Like there's a clip of Quando Rondo hanging with King Von saying like, fuck them niggas from 63rd. They're, those are some dirty ass crackhead niggas on 63rd. Quando Rondo's not from 63rd. He's not even from Chicago. But just to make King Von laugh, he's just dissing people that he doesn't even know to make King Von laugh. What's the ultimate irony, Monty? How did King Von die? The same person that Quando Rondo was trying to impress by saying fuck Tuka and, and, and fuck 63rd is the, like King Von died by Quando Rondo's friend. Like that, that, that lets you know how like flimsy and on the surface this, this, this shit is. And, and, and it, it's weak, man. It's weak. So, but, so shout out to Chief Keefe saying like, I don't know why you saying his name. That shit's old. Because obviously J.D. Youngin thought Chief Keefe was going to either uh, be like, yeah, yeah, fuck Tuka, fuck Tuka. 
like to like get a ride. It's like, nah, bro, that shit's weak. But what's even more surprising and I'm more happy for is that Lil Dirk has said that he's going to stop name dropping because it, it just really isn't. And, and when you really think about how insane it is that Tuka was 15 years old and that people in the industry are saying, I'm smoking Tuka, never even been to Chicago, never been to Old Black, don't know any of those guys. Uh, wasn't even thought of really when Tuka was killed, you know, because Tuka was 15 years old when he died. That was like a decade ago. So like, I don't know, man. It's uh, that pisses yeah. Me I feel off, like though. you know, Almighty. He's just he's just trying to fit in. You know, Chief Keith's there. He's like, oh, let me let me let me drop some something something that he could relate to. But you know, he does not realize Chief Keith doesn't play like that anymore that much. He's definitely yeah. kind of above that. Yeah, and there's nothing that Chief Keith has put out in the last whatever years to make you think he's still on that. Like I could get if yeah. if Chief Keith put out a song called "Fuck Too Good" like a year ago, but Chief Keith has been like very low key putting out. Yeah, his I'm own glad music. he he's out of the headlines. You know how people say, "Oh, he's not he's not in the news anymore," but that's good. That's good for Chief Keith, man. That's Bro, good for a lot of lot of rappers. I remember when Chief Keith seemed to be getting in trouble. Yeah, I, I remember when Chief Keith seemed to be getting in trouble. Like, oh, he was caught with lean, caught with a gun. Uh, he's allegedly behind this this uh, uh, attempt, this this uh, yeah. assault on a person. He sent people over to this guy's house to beat this guy up. Like, all that ceased. People were like predicting. The last he, big one I would say it was uh, you know six nine trying to tempt him, and that didn't work either. He was he was pretty work. much he was pretty much calm, and you know he that just got past work. that shit. Six nine put a hit on Chief Keith's life. And Chief Keith, the only thing Chief Keith said was like, damn, that dude has bad aim. He missed by like a lot, right? Like the bullet was yeah. way off. That's and all he Chief does Keith not was. even seem angry, man. All, all his recent behavior, he's just chill, man. He's just Bro. chill about everything. Chief even Keith. people calling him out. <laughs> I love that shit, man. Chief Keith is an absolute legend. He can't fall off. Uh, uh, he don't got to be on the billboard charts. He doesn't have to be doing Lil Dirk numbers. Like he's, he's, yeah. just, he's God tier. He's transcended. He's and he's not like, you know, you know how we talk about best rappers. He's not in that discussion, and he mm -hmm. doesn't need to be. He's, a, he's in his own lane. He was because, you know, back then people used to say, oh, look at this mumble shit. But Chief Kid was, uh, he, he kind of, he was kind of different, man. You know, he came from that type of sh uh, street culture, but he was able to, you know, transcend that with a lot of hits, man. You, you can't forget, everybody was bumping Love Sosa, man. And I don't know when, I, I think it came out around early 2010 or 2011 i'm not sure yep. or 2012 but yeah yep, man everybody was bumping that shit you can't forget that that was a legendary that was a legendary song and legendary song he's a legendary artist and again yeah it ain't, it ain't even about being lyrical miracle culturally he has so much impact and he inspired the uh, the, the jada youngins and the ybn like he he inspired a lot of these young rappers that are yeah. coming up now yeah, we can't and, we can't also forget uh the producer Young Chop, man. Chief Keep and, and Young Chop. They were the dynamic yeah. duo producing. Yeah, a lot of yeah, hits yeah. Early. I hope Young Chop's doing well. Last time I seen him, he was like it was like a a video of him in jail because as if you remember Monty, he was Young Chop was wilding out himself, like filming himself getting yeah. shot at and bragging about it Young Chop was wilding. He was wilding, yeah. but hopefully Yeah, we didn't you know, think back then that, you know, Chief Key would be the one that stayed out of trouble and, you know. Bro, Young it was you're right. It was the opposite. Young Chop was the cool one and there's interviews of Young Chop saying he's 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 the one that tries to reel Chief Keith and Lil Reese and them in to keep them productive on the music side. And he says yeah. that, you know, Young Chop is like, I'm not gangbanging, I'm not doing none of that. And then like as the years went by, Chief Keith became the more reserved and chill one and more productive, and Young Chop became the one that was on some street shit for whatever reason. Uh so 
it's crazy, man. That's why you just can't you can't count people out. I advocate I advocate for the transformation of 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 of, of people, uh, uh, especially coming from where Chief Keep come from, uh, actual war zone. And if you guys haven't seen it, there's episode uh, there's a show called The Therapist on Vice. Oh yeah. And and Chief Keith went on there, and Chief Keith got a chance to talk about his trauma, and you got to see a side of Chief Keith, a vulnerable side of him that you don't really get to see, and. You can just tell that he that he's changed, man. He's leveled up, and you know I, I love it, man. I I got a lot of love. I got a lot of love for Chief Keith. I like, hope it continues, man. I don't want Chief Keith. You know, I hope uh, this type of stories uh, keeps popping up and not anything crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the record, like when I first read the headline, I'm like, oh, just an, just another story that I'm <laughs> I'm about to get mad at. But like, I actually feel good about like just being able to talk about Chief Keith and then reading the portion where Little Dirk has vowed to stop name dropping. Like, I I look at this as a net positive. Yeah, I don't want you know what I mean. Like, I I look at it as a net positive. Um, and so, yeah. And then going back to like, I remember um the Outlaws, Tupac's group, like smoking smoking Tupac's ashes was like like it was like a, a sign of respect. So the term of smoking a rapper actually it got pervert it got perverse. Yeah, it used to be like a spiritual connection of like 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 getting over your grief and all of that. And and uh, I think Tupac while he was alive was like yo if I die like yo smoke my ashes. It wasn't like an unconsensual thing. Uh, and and then somewhere somewhere in the Chicago era it became um, like no I'm smoking him and I'm disrespecting him. I want you to be angry that I'm disrespecting your uh, your loved one. So. Um, yeah, man. If Chief yeah, Keith that does little... seem like something positive, you know, like uh, doing something with the ashes, smoking it. That sound that sounds very religious in a different type of way, you know. Yeah, like a cultural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like some different shit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, man. I, I take that as a positive story, but yo, yeah, like, come on, guys. Uh, the moral of this story is just like, don't say shit that you don't know anything about, and don't say shit that. You, you know nothing about to fit in with other people. Like being yourself will take you a million miles further than than being somebody you're not and saying fuck somebody, like, fuck a dead person you never met who never got a chance to see not even 21, but 18. You know what I mean? It's, so, it's, it's something so demonic about that. So um, yeah. And shout out to Young M.A. Young M.A. actually had a bar about smoking Tuka, but she apologized because the term Tuka had got, became so synonymous with good weed that rappers just started saying it because they thought it was a good strain. At least that's what Young and May said. <laughs> uh, and I'll give her the benefit. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. The ones that apologized. I, <laughs> you know, that I'm does not- sound like a weed strain. The like Tuka, that name. It just sounds very related to that <laughs> marijuana slang. That's what King Von said, bro. See, King Von, man. Even though he called himself a demon, you he, he was very funny. This isn't funny, but just like. Uh, taking Tuka out of it, he was like, but, but you got to be real, though. You got to be real. Tuka, that sounds like a fire-ass strain. He was like, look, yeah. I, I have no ill feelings towards Tuka's family or anything like that. But like, hey, that man, could be a just, sign of respect, you know, to, you know, to, to taking Tuka. And- that, was, that was actually in his last interview with, like, DJ Academics, he said that. But the thing with King Von is he does that double speak thing where, like, he likes to troll interviewers, bro. Like, one time they asked him, like, tell me about O-Block. Like this white interviewer, I think DJ Smalls said, "Tell me about Oblak." And, and King Von was like, "Oh, Oblak, that's like a resort. That's <laughs> like a, a a place you go to vacay, bro." And he said it with a straight face. So King Von, you never know, man. He's like a troll for real, for real. 
And that, that that's especially like funny if like the interviewer doesn't really know, uh, doesn't really know. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. Exactly, culture. exactly. Um, so yeah, man. Good. <laughs> Rest in peace, King Von, man. Uh, let's see, let's see. What's the next topic, Monty? Um, oh, back to something darker, but but an uh, interesting topic nonetheless. It's still positive at the end of the end of the story, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Vic Mensa's nonprofit Save Money, Save Life entire donation storage was robbed on New Year's New Year's Eve. Um, and he made a video on Instagram saying, like, letting people know. It was a very serious, you know, Instagram clip of him saying, like, yo, we got uh we, we lost over forty thousand dollars worth of donated yeah. items from new shoes to medical supplies. And like shit that's out there to help people and, and struggle, but you gotta right. be a different type of load to steal steal from that. Right, right, right. And to, to give you guys more details, uh, coming from an article on floodmagazine.com, uh, it says, just when we thought it was over, 2020 pulled us back in. Not only did the final day of the longest year in human history reveal the October 31st passing of MF Doom, but this afternoon, Vic Mensa took to Instagram to share the news that his Southside Chicago-based nonprofit Save Money, Save Life was robbed of its inventory on New Year's Eve. Uh, Quote, somebody brought a truck and emptied us out, unquote, a weary Mensa shared on his personal account. Over $40,000 worth of brand new shoes, winter coats, sleeping bags, you name it. To offset this and this thing. is not just money, you know. These are these are things that could help people, like actual items. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, because yeah, that's the key word. Uh, over forty thousand dollars worth of items, not just forty thousand. It was worth of items, items that were already there. And um, to offset this major loss, the organization has launched the Flip Calls campaign. "Quote: We had a huge shoe distribution plan postponed due to COVID nineteen, and all the shoes we collected were taken." The page details countless hours, money and energy went into acquiring and organizing these donations and has left us deeply disheartened by this loss. If you can donate, donate to the cause here. And uh, the link can be found on um, Vic Mensa's Instagram page on his. uh, Yes, on one of his latest posts. And so um, I'll I'll play the devil's advocate, man. I think uh, the the thief, the asshole who did this shit. Kind of, I think this was necessary evil, man. And he kind of, he kind of made this news headline pop up. Now, a lot more people are going to donate, you know, help out the cause. So, hey, he, he did a, he, he did them a favor in a way, if you look at it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those laws. I forgot, like, you know how they have laws, like Murphy's Law and all that? There's a law talking about, like, when you try to, like, like, when you try to suppress something. Um, it becomes bigger. Uh, this it's a little bit different, but like I see, but but it, it it coincides with the point you're making, which is like the fact that it was reported that he lost all this will hopefully like make people like he will even have more money. Like instead of forty thousand dollars, maybe it's gonna be forty five k, fifty k, sixty k that he raises uh, due to the you know due to that story. Um, and so yeah and then there, there's another story now this happened in over uh we're late on this but just to let you guys know what vic mensa has reportedly been uh been doing uh november 17 2020 vic mensa to host sleep out in order to raise money for chicago's homeless population kicking off thursday night with a candlelight vigil outside of save money save life's office the initiative will also be live streamed so man this dude has an office and all of that and i gotta i, I can't lie bro like this is news to me because vic mensa 
I don't I, you guys got to understand, right? Like, so, you know, how Chance the Rapper, like, he really blew up, right? And 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 taking away the big day, it, I, even with the big day, like Chance the Rapper is like a, a, a A-list superstar who is uh, reportedly independent. That's been yeah. debated, but reportedly independent. And Big Mensa was a part of that crew. He was a part oh, yeah. of that class. I remember I've been, this. I've been actually following following him since then. Like after Chance released the, the his first you know acid rap big mixtape, and and you know Vic Mensa was like the next to blow up after him because, yeah, he had a like great song that uh, kind of blew up. Well, I think it was called Orange Soda, and that was like a big song. And people were saying, you know, he's he's the next, he's the next one to blow up next to Chance, and you know he he had he had a lot of troubles over the years, a lot of. A lot of bad headlines over the years, but you know, also his music didn't really do too well too. And over the years, I know he had like a big, big hit song with Kanye, if you remember that. And that was like a that was like a big hit that kind of kind of propelled him. But he, mm-hmm. he didn't really take it to the next level. But you know, over the years, I think this latest album was definitely definitely probably one of the best best things to kind of bring him back into not even the limelight, but a lot of people's. You know, a lot of people started to see him in a more positive light instead of all the shit he had attached to him, you know, from previous bad, bad, bad years, you know. So it's definitely great to see, you know, he's doing a lot of good recently. And, you know, also his music, uh, he's kind of back into the old form. And it's great to see, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, And and I can't I can't vouch for like, you know, his music or anything like that. I haven't heard it heard it in a long time. But yeah, I. Again, he was a part of that new class. And Monty, as you said, you, you've, you've been following it or whatever. And uh, Chance the Rapper's trajectory, like, really took off. And Vic Mensa's went in another direction. But, yeah, he did have that that major co-sign by Kanye West and had that uh, mad record, that, that mad single. Um, and and then he had that viral moment where he went on Everyday Struggle and checked oh, yeah. EJ Academics for, like, uh, doing his – uh, chronicles of of things happening in Chicago concerning uh, rappers and trappers in Chicago, and uh, document that probably helped. Of, you know, uh, DJ Academics kind of tone it down too, so that definitely was a positive. Yeah, yeah, and he was just speaking like like it was you know he was very angry. He said, "I think you're a bitch" or whatever. It was a it was funny to people, but it was also like serious. A lot of people felt that. A lot of people felt like, man, Academics is somewhere. Uh, now this is before people found out how much money academics were was making, but like the average street dude was like, bro, academics is somewhere in his mother's basement talking about things in the, happening in the streets that he he doesn't know the full story on, and he's making a joke out of our lives and and saying like, so like people would die, and he say, oh, see, this is why you don't diss Lil Reese. Lil Reese is the Grim Reaper. You diss him, forty eight hours later, you die. Like like just making it like like uh, you know a satire out of it all and niggas wasn't feeling that uh and and people just like who are you to talk like talk about this but as you said academics did stop doing this he stopped doing the the, the Chirac channel warren Chirac channel and then start you know he just mainly transitioned to pop culture news and stuff like that and um and with that being said vic mensa um yeah, his music didn't do as no like nowhere near as well as Chance the Rappers and all of that. But the the thing that made a lot of people really disconnect because he he was a he was a versatile artist. He could do he could you know, he did he had melodies, harmonies, yeah. he, he he could be lyrical. He had subject matter. I could see why Kanye West would really like him actually. Um but it was when 
XXX Tentacion had died. Now we know how XXX Triple uh, X. I'll just call him Triple X for short. Uh, he was um, a polarizing figure. Uh, if you guys want to know about why XXX was loved and why Triple X was was hated, Trap Lord, uh, a YouTube creator by the name of Trap Lord Ross, has a video called "The Dark Side of XXX Tentacion" and like the positive side, right? And those two videos, I feel like juxtapose why he was so loved and why he was so hated. Vic Mensa found out about, you know, why people do hate him. And he rapped about it, like, and rapped about like, oh, your favorite rapper's a domestic abuser, yada, 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 right? And it was just a blatant, for a lot of people, the blatant hypocrisy. And Charlemagne the God, who actually had Vic Mensa on Breakfast Club, and he, he showed Vic Mensa a lot of love. He showed Vic Mensa a lot of love. Vic Mensa had put out music and talked about on the Breakfast Club, like being involved in an incident where he, put hands on his girlfriend yeah yeah that was the part that was the part that was very hypocritical yeah so it came off very holier than thou your favorite rappers i I believe the line where vic mensa rapped that pissed people off was like your favorite rapper is a domestic abuser it's like the pot calling the kettle black like okay yeah we get it like you're mad x but like you're not like a knight in shining armor that's like clean like clean of this right like um and he might have looked at it. People might have looked at it like, man, you're shooting the messenger. But, like, if the messenger has a history of, uh, I don't know, man, it, it, it was weird, right? And it made me fall back. I'm not going to lie. It made me fall back. I'm like, damn, bro. Now, I didn't know the extent of everything Tentacion reportedly did, right? And that dark side of his, that, the dark side of Triple X, that video, it really shines some light on things. And I'm like, damn, X, like, that is, it's bad. It's, it's really bad. And there really, some that's why admitted. I'm really kind of not like a fully fan of X because, you know, I still bump a lot of his music. But, yeah, his a lot of the shit he did, you know, in real life, it's definitely definitely makes him out to be, you know, not 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 the best person to look up to. But, you know, that's yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the story for another time. Right. Right. And I, I, I just want to say, like. I'm not shitting on X for like accusations that weren't verified. Like there are recordings of him admitting what he did and and talking about stabbing people and, and all like, yeah, bro, it it was bad, but I'm not saying that he like X creatively was, it was a force of nature and it did look like at the end of his life, he was turning his life around or whatever. But I guess that's my, I guess my ultimate point is right. Like, so academics did the, did the war in Chirac. He made fun, like made light of like really serious things that happened in Chicago. People let him live. He got to like grow, evolve, and thrive, right? Uh, XXX Tentacion, despite people do, there are people, fans that acknowledge his past, but feel like, bro, he didn't even get to see, you know, 25, where the, you know, 25 is the age where your frontal lobe fully develops. The frontal lobe of your brain deals with judgment and all uh, uh, emotional uh, uh, regulation and stuff like that. Um, so with Vic Mensa, it's, um, I'm not sure if he got blackballed. All I'm just saying is after that moment, I just started seeing his name a lot less. Right. And I, I don't think we should, I don't think we should, we, we should cancel Vic Mensa based off off that, that, that show of uh, apparent hypocrisy because we let, it's like we pick and choose as a culture who we let do it, let live and, 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 and let, you know, let, uh, let die. Right. Like um, Chris Brown, you know, Shout out Chris Brown, one of the most talented people in history, right? We we know what what he did in two thousand nine, right? But that he was a young he was a young guy back then, right? And he's he's older now, and he of course his name has been he's been in a lot of other controversies, and uh you know Carucci accused him of certain things, but the point is the culture like 
for the most part, like they, they they don't blackball them. They don't go to a show saying it wasn't like an R. Kelly like response. With R. Kelly, they were shutting his whole shit down. Um, not saying R. Kelly or Chris Brown are comparable. They're not. R. Kelly's uh, no. But my point in saying that is like Vic Mensa isn't the worst of what we've seen in hip hop. So I don't think that what he did like speaking out on behalf of women that suffer domestic abuse, despite having a history of domestic abuse. I don't think that uh, should, should like yeah. take away from. Yeah. From I think him. his case was not as, you know, it was more toned down and not as, not as crazy of all the things that X was yeah. accused of. Right, right, right. I think it was a, a, what Vic did was probably like, it was just a, it was a misguided action, but like, bro, if he's out here doing all this philanthropic uh, stuff, and, and and yeah, man. Uh, shout out to Vic Mensa, man. Like I'm 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 happy that he's out here doing that. I I I, I didn't know he was doing that. So uh, yeah, me neither. Uh, he does care. I I have always got the feeling that he cared a lot for the people of Chicago, though. I found that out back when he checked academics. I did not. That wasn't like a engineered like I'm a I'm a check academics because I know he's soft and people are going to give me credit, so I'm a virtue signal. Like no, like hearing his tone of voice in conviction, I really believe that he w- was truly hurt on behalf of street dudes in Chicago uh, based off what academics was doing. So um, I, if there was an organization to like vouch for uh, that, that I don't, I don't know too much of the history of, but like just off what I'm hearing, just off surface level, off articles or whatever, I believe Vic Mensa truly cares and, you know, sending money to his organization might be, you know, that, that might be something you should consider. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's I guess that's my take, Monty. Yeah. yeah. And also the law that you're thinking of, I think, is called Streisand effect, you know, where you try to suppress something but it becomes even more bigger news. Boom. Boom. Yeah, man. Uh XXX Tentacion, that's another example of that because Spotify, they uh there were streaming services that kicked XXX Tentacion's oh, music yeah, off the yeah. platform and it just it blew up even more. But here's the thing I was un uneasy about right because when spotify banned triple x he, he uh uh when he died they put his music back on there <laughs> you know money talks man money talks. that's what i was about to say it was the it was just a blatant display of capitalism like oh shit he just died like who are we to not let people hear this this great music like it was just a whole switch up Instead well they of took saying, down like, his music because they were scared people people were not gonna you know because of the backlash for, for their company you know, then they yeah, yeah, put yeah. it back on because the fans were going to, you know, get It's all back about on. the backlash. Yeah, when, pretty much. When Rick Ross got in trouble back in, I'm assuming, 2012, he, um, with that uh, Molly and her champagne, she didn't even know it. Uh, he had a Reebok deal. I think it was reportedly worth $5 million. And the lyric had been out there. And Reebok, at first, seemed like they were going to stand by Rick Ross. And I think at that time, it had only made some headlines and stuff like that. But when feminists actually showed up to the Reebok building headquarters to protest, I believe, they dropped Rick Ross. So it is very much, it's, these companies, it ain't really like a moral thing that they stand on. It's literally backlash. Like, how does the people feel? Yeah, to Um, make them change, you have to make the headlines, you know, uh, in a negative, you have to show them in a negative light in a headline. Yeah. And, you know... And, and, and when companies do stand behind something controversial, you best believe they've calculated the dollar and the market in the market share and all of that. Like Nike, when Nike stood stood with a Colin Kaepernick, they had meetings about that. It wasn't like, oh, we got to morally do this for, for like black. Hey, I'm not shitting on Nike. I'm not saying that like there aren't people, executives up there 
that that weren't like yeah like no this is a real issue we do want to stand behind this i'm just saying that you bet your bottom dollar that it was a calculated thing like they knew that yeah there are people there were people that were going to burn their nikes not buy nike but there was going to be way more money made by them standing by colin kaepernick and thus you saw them do the whole campaign with colin kaepernick so it is interesting and they're now. proven right you know over the years even conservatives were like damn he might have been right you know? oh yeah definitely yeah 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 so so that's an interesting topic but yeah man uh hope everything goes 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 well with uh vic mensa's um nonprofit organization uh and uh yeah, man. Hope he recovers those items or get enough money to recover those items, but uh, buy new items and stuff. Um, next topic. This is actually another cool segue, right? Because we're dealing with with Chicago, the war in Chirac, and um, the the next topic is about like BBC ran an article about drill music being used in courtrooms for trials as evidence. Now, again, I want to say that this isn't really like news but this is uk right and the uk drill scene and how the government deals with drill rap in the uk is 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 a lot more severe and restrictive uh than it is in chicago right because there were chicago disc records chicago drill disc records that were made on youtube that got millions of views and they didn't make youtube take those videos down even though it resulted in deaths whereas in um in the uk like the government put pressure on YouTube to take certain drill disc records down because it resulted in stabbings and deaths and stuff like that. So I do think it's interesting how UK and, and the US, like how our government and politicians handles uh, music. Uh, I feel like it's more severe over there because, you know, guns, guns are like, you can't really easily find guns over there. And it's mostly a lot of stabbings going on. And, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be a different type of ruthless person to, you know, to, carry out a stabbing you know that takes that takes a lot of planning and you know it's not as easy as just shooting a gun you know yeah it's a lot more effort too in killing somebody right like because generally a lot of times it takes multiple stabbing like stab wounds to kill somebody like people can get stabbed over 20 times and still survive uh whereas with shooting a gun it's just one tap of a trigger you can regret it a second later but like you really have rage in your heart if you just stab 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 uh not saying that gun violence is, isn't just like as bad we're just saying it like we're just imagining as spectators like we've never been involved in killing nobody but like the amount of effort and the personalness of it like you can shoot somebody from across the street or down the block but with a knife you gotta you gotta touch them you gotta feel them you gotta feel their their defensive movements and all of that uh yeah, man. But uh, so drill and rap music on trial. Uh, this is on BBC.com. Uh, this was posted 23 hours ago. And it says, uh, it says, drill music has captured headlines since it started to emerge in the UK in 2012, which is often, with its often provocative lyrics, has been blamed by police for fueling violence. It is also increasingly increasingly being used as evidence in trials with courts hearing with courts hearing allegations it incites gang rivalries, but some defense lawyers and academics say it stops defendants, often young black men, getting a fair trial. The BBC has looked into the details of dozens of prosecutions across the UK. Wood Green on uh, 2nd of February 2019 was more reminiscent of a Hollywood film than a winter night in London, than, than a winter's night in North London. Uh, CCTV images showed mums with buggies fleeing as masked men ran amok with long knives. 
One man was shot and stabbed eight times, but miraculously survived. Kamali Lynch was 19 years old and he was less fortunate. He was chased into a hair salon where terrified customers, staff, and children watched helplessly as he was stabbed to death. Uh, five people were charged with his murder and put on trial. Three of them were just 16 years old. Uh, the defendants could all be placed at the scene, but not all of them took part in the actual stabbing. The prosecution had to prove they were jointly guilty of the murder. This is where drill music came in. It helped to tie the defendants together and establish a motive. Uh, quote, postcode killings. There was a beef between street gangs, the court heard. Most of those on trial were linked to the gang known as North, North Umber, North Umberland, Northumberland Park Killers. Their victims were linked to the rival Wood Green Mob. In these postcode killings, it was N17 versus N22. Others had previously lost their lives in the long-running feud, and the hatred was played out in drill music videos uploaded to YouTube. The court heard how Tyrells, one of the defendants, had rapped about a fatal gang shooting the previous year. We were shown the lyrics. The lyrics says, quote, Park Lane, bop, Park Lane bopping, the ops dim dropping. Come here, I got you a coffin. 12-gauge long like Kelvin's coffin. Um, okay. And it says the first line is a reference to attacking opponents, the second to the victim. Uh, this is BBC trying to explain it to the to the, the layman's of the world. Um, but well, they, I'm not going to lie. The UK, like, drill rap has slang that I'm not even accustomed to. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's totally different. It is, different though. It type is. Different slang, different culture. <laughs> yeah. So the prosecution claimed that there were only two possible... The prosecution claimed there were only two possible explanations for Tyrell Graham's lyrics. Either they describe the life he already leads or they describe the life he aspires to lead. Drill lyrics were presented as evidence the defendants had embraced a culture of violence. The jury agreed what took place that night was an organized sortie into enemy territory. They found all five guilty of murder. These sentences take some very dangerous young criminals off the streets of the Capitol, the Crown Prosecution Service said. But for some experts, the trial raised questions. They asked if it's fair for a violent musical subculture to be used as evidence involvement in a crime or does drill, unlike other music, encourage acts of violence. Um, now, the, the article goes on and on and on and on. But Yeah, um, yeah, it's a long one. But it's a long you know, article. Pretty much the gist of it is just, you know, a lot of... A lot of drill videos or just drill music in general is being is being used as evidence in courtrooms in UK and you know a lot of people a lot of people are there, there's actually some defendants to it saying you know you know that uh, these type of things uh, kind of lead to more you know more black teens and young people just just getting put in jail just which which based on just uh, as like videos with which could have happened or not not as happened you know because you know music is kind of different to actual evidence it's not as it's not as real i would say you know as finding something that actually happened within the scene or like actual video evidence so i don't know man it's it's definitely a topic to you know go back and forth on or debate on so and I, yeah it's, it's pretty, i agree man free. like music lyrics should not substitute real evidence like if drill music lyrics is all you got and some like weak ass circumstantial evidence, it's not it's not good enough, Monty. Because like, I could be in a gang, and like know the people that killed did the killing, and be on the song saying yeah fuck that dude, give him a cough and yada yada yada, but not have actually been there, right? But then to get charged and sentenced to like life because I simply appeared on a record 
and, and jointly with them disrespected that person by saying fuck them yeah we killed them whatever whatever that's it, it's it's i think it sets a dangerous precedent right yeah, i think it's, it sets a dangerous precedent um you know king von said king von said it himself like gang members all the time will claim bodies that they didn't even uh commit they, they they'll claim murders they didn't commit almost in like support of a gang so they damn sure do that on on records even if they were nowhere near the crime scene they will come on songs and basically claim that body is like theirs like yeah we all did it type 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 of attitude and yeah so i do think it sets a dangerous precedent you should not do also that. i would say you know obviously you know it shouldn't be used as evidence you know fully 100 percent, but you know i also want to see people you know, get in the habit of not doing, you know, not trying to incriminate themselves in actual videos either. So, yeah, that's just being careful. Yeah, Yeah. we got to, we got (laughs) to, yeah, man, rappers got to do better with that. I think King Von was on to something with his crazy story series where he will make a a fictional story up and people will react as if it's, you know, it's just as compelling. It's just as compelling. You have to make it seem, or also actually not make it, not even make it seem, just actually actually put it as a as a you know more of a storytelling type of music because you know plus that also you know we got to remember that also could influence other people doing this type of shit too you know music you know we would like to say you know pop culture might not have as much influence but it really does you know a lot of a lot of things in the popular media could really shift how people behave and uh a lot of activities people you know carry out so we have to be careful yeah, yeah, yeah. In the absence of an absence of a father figure, a lot of people said Tupac was like a father to them. So very much so, the young kids coming up could choose like a drill artist and look at them as like a, a masculine alpha uh, uh, father figure, right? And uh, so, I'm yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, Monty. Yeah, it can't it can't motivate it, it can't motivate behavior, right? I do believe art is a reflection of life, but life's reaction to that reflection, it's like a cycle almost. Uh, now we can argue like how impactful that art how impactful that reflection of life is but i'm with you monty in terms of like in terms of carrying ourselves like yeah we uh, rappers should do better when i say we i just mean like us as a people as a uh, artist whatever like we, we could do better um so yeah man that's that's that man but uh yeah that's that's my final thing like like yeah that almost makes the makes the prosecutor or people in the in the law enforcement job so much easier because it's like they just have to look at the videos and like oh we got it we got it you know we could all right that might even lead to them finding something else so you gotta be bro you just gotta be smart it's not even shit not only making the work easier but like now all cops gotta do is look at reddit and then fans (laughs) will do all the work for them they'll connect all these different like i've seen reddit posts where like they'll take a like a line that could be innocuous in ter- relative to King Von's other lyrics, and and they'll try to connect it to like something that really happened in a recent murder in Chicago or something. Like, there are some real life Reddit detectives out here that are doing police, like genuine police work, like genuine police work. I think I think the inner like when that footage hit the net, that I think the fans figured out like, oh, it was Quando Rondo's friend, Little Tim, before police did. <laughs> like they they slowed down the footage they circled the guy then they compared that that footage uh to a picture took in earlier that day with, with Lil Tim in that same outfit like I think that was done before the police even had a chance to evaluate the crime uh the crime scene so yeah 
Um, so on to the next topic. Uh, now, guys, this is the first time I've ever, me and Monty have ever reacted to anything, uh, like to any media, like like audio or or vi- video, just like any media. Like, yeah, this live. this still a story. So this just this might be you know, like a getaway to us doing a lot more reactions in the future. But you know, we're just mm. testing it out. Okay. Okay. So. Um, so 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 Monty, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Google Docs right now. So I click on the distractify.com. Am I supposed to share my screen now, or do I wait till we click on the YouTube link? Like, how do how should we? You can wait till the YouTube YouTube videos because okay. those YouTube videos cover everything. But let me just go over like the you know the just the beginning or the gist of it. So you know this so uh, this whole Soho Karen thing has been going on. You know you know usually this type of stuff. Just you know, these Karen type stories, they you know come and go about in, in a couple of days. But this has been going on for like probably two weeks now so far, man, almost two weeks. And this woman is just making headlines after headlines. So what happened was uh there's this hotel in New York in you know Soho, New York. And so there's this jazz music uh, the black jazz musician and his son, fourteen year old son, they're they're staying at a hotel and right as they're about to exit this this woman uh, named Maya Ponsetto just uh, barges into the hotel accusing the black teenager of stealing her cell phone and <laughs> and from that she's just going at him like yo yo give me my let me check your phone let me check your phone you took my phone and the uh, the, the black teen is like yo I didn't, I didn't do anything I didn't really do anything I'm not I'm not gonna show your phone and even the dad the dad is you know just uh, you know, coming in and saying, leave him alone because, you know, you don't have any right to check uh, check my phone. You know, I didn't do anything. Yeah. So after that, even the hotel manager joined that lady who's, she's not even part of the hotel, man. She just came out of outside and just, and just started bothering these uh, hotel pa- patrons, you know, these people staying at the hotel, the, the jazz musician and, and his uh, 14-year-old son. And she's just, uh, you know, the hotel manager is like, you know, just show show her your phone. Show her your phone. Kind of joined in with her, and after that, you know, she this kind of kind of escalated to her even tackling the fourteen year old son, and oh, it's yeah. like, bro, it's it's kind of insane. Like, imagine imagine being this this kind of wild just to just to accuse anybody, especially like a black teenager, just uh, just taking your phone and started putting hands on on him. And imagine that, bro. Wow. And so you know the. Pretty much the Inside Edition video, the first one that I attached, you could you could check it out. That kind of goes over everything, and pretty much from that we cover even more. She's been involved in all all the. She's just a history. How she just has a history of bad behavior and just mm-hmm. and just the privilege of you know just has the, just how how far she kind of shows herself to be privileged. You know how okay. how she keeps getting away with all this crazy shit. You know. This this kind of put her into perspective. It's like, yo, she needs to be checked. So, what we're about to react to is a two minute uh, clip of Soho Karen Maya Ponsetto arrested in California. This was uh, uploaded to Inside Edition, uh, and yeah, I guess we're about to see this clip and react to this audio. So, uh, let's go. I consider myself to be super sweet. I really never ever meant for it to like hurt him. You just described yourself as super sweet. When you look at the video, the reaction seems very extreme. It doesn't seem like it's someone who's super sweet. 
The young woman who falsely accused a black teenager of stealing her iPhone spars with CBS This Morning's Gail King. You seem to have attacked this teenager about the phone, and then it turned out he didn't even have your phone. I get it. Enough. No, I'm not letting him walk away with my phone! Mia Ponsetto set off a national uproar for tackling a teen after falsely claiming he stole her cell phone in the lobby of a hotel in Manhattan's trendy Soho neighborhood. That's mine. Are you kidding me? You feel like there's only one iPhone made in the world? Now, just hours after Gail King's contentious interview, Ponsetto was placed under arrest, and it was reportedly quite a wild scene. The arrest happened here at her home in Ventura County, California. Cops say Ponsetto refused to pull over until she reached her driveway in her black Range Rover. They say she resisted arrest and they had to forcibly remove her. Neighbors tell me she was kicking and screaming. She refused to get out of the car, refused to cooperate, and they placed her under arrest for the fugitive warrant. This is video of the 22-year-old running errands a day before her arrest. Have you spoken to the police yet? Do you plan on speaking to the police? Are you going to cooperate? I am terrified for my niece. Today, Eric Ponsetto defended his niece. Mia is not a racist. We are of race. No one in my family is racist. She does have some mental issues. I do sincerely from the bottom of my heart apologize that if I made the son feel as if I assaulted him or if I hurt his feelings. It turned out he didn't even have your phone. I get it. Enough. Wow. Right, Gail. Enough. 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 That was my favorite part. Enough. Ms. Ponsetto is being held without bail while she awaits extradition to New York. <sighs> That's crazy, man. Um, I think this care and awareness thing is, is really uh, important because it's like a cultural shift. Like the police arrested her when like a long time, man, like the greatest fear of a lot of black dudes is like a white woman accusing them of something they didn't do rest in peace to Emmett Till there's a long history but the thing is you know nowadays we have video evidence people could record her and it's uh, you know imagine if we didn't have any recording or or actual actual evidence of you know showing that she did this shit you know I feel like I feel like you know it's it it would still be in her favor somehow yeah 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 it's a that's as much as we rack on social social media or whatever, you know, body cams and, and technology, like being able to document the real happenings of things uh, does prevent a lot of uh, unfortunate miscarriages of justice uh, from happening. And um, yeah, like I said, the, the, the care, the care and awareness movement, it's, it's, it's big. I, bro, I remember seeing this crazy tweet from this one Twitter influencer. I, I don't know what she did or whatever. I just remember it being going viral and uh, she said, Karen, like the term Karen is the new <laughs> or the new N-word. My bad. <laughs> Fuck. We got to sit to that. The new N-word. And she went in depth like on, on this rant about how Karen's the new N-word and how she feels oppressed or whatever. But like, nah, first off, there's there's come on. I, I don't even got to get into like how that's like a total miss miss. Like there's no no equivalence at all. It's, it can't even be debated at all. Uh, but it's important because like these women are, are being like socially ridiculed the type of women that historically could have got you know men of color in, in, in trouble with wild accusations that could get black people killed or in, in prison for years and uh people still deal with the repercussion of that if you look at the innocence files or like you'll still see like every now and then a headline of a, a black person that was in jail for like 25 30 years coming out because it, it came out that oh he really didn't rape that white woman or he really didn't assault this this white person or whatever. And uh yeah, man. So 
I'm glad it turned out like that because <laughs> it, it could have, like, historically, like I said, it could have went way different. That 14-year-old himself could have got tackled by police or whatever. And, um, yeah, I actually t- – I look at this as a great story, bro. Like, to be honest, I think this is a positive story. Uh, I think it highlights – it highlights, again, like, what we – what people used to go through. And and uh, it, it prevents miscarriages of justice. Uh and I'm glad she was exposed. And uh, I don't feel sorry for her. Like she was crying with the with the tears. Like, oh, I'm so sorry from the bottom of my heart. And her family's like, oh, she has mental issues. And, uh, and that's the thing about mental issues. My it's not mental issues, man. It's uh, if you if you see the next uh, video, it's like it just goes over. She she was also arrested for DUI previously. You know, there's like the mm. TMZ uncovered videos of her uh, being arrested. And you could see, like, she's just she's just hitting the cops or just putting her hands on her. But what was that last part? You saying she had a history of DUIs and stuff, and, and what? what yeah, you DUIs, and also actually she was with her mom when she got a DUI, and it just also also at the end of the news uh, video, they also revealed that she might have vandalized her Airbnb in New York. Oh my right god! Right before bro. she, you know, attacked. Listen, uh, teenagers. we gotta stop. We gotta stop. Like I, I, I guess it's her family, right? The, the the instinctual thing to do when your family's going through hell, or when a family member's going through hell, is to like defend them. But yeah. like that mental illness tag, like they throw it on anything, dog. Like we gotta stop putting like just plain old bad behavior on like Man, mental issues. Recently, it's just become as an excuse instead of you know like yeah, that shouldn't yeah. excuse a lot of your behavior. You should have gotten the help a long time ago because. She's like she's been been she's been very spoiled over the years, you know. How we you know sometimes we talk about you know strict strict parenting is bad, and yeah, it's kind of bad also obviously, but we gotta also talk about you know being being your child's friend or you know spoiling the kids. So we definitely find gotta find the gray area when raising a raising a child so they don't you know they they're not they're not they don't become this type of person when they get older. Yeah, yeah, because their very first quote unquote authority figures just let them run amok, run free, uh, and so they're in tune for your they're they're in store for a rude awakening when they get into the real world and find out that uh, cops are not like their parents. Yeah. And uh, you gotta set have, them up. Gotta have more accountability on yourself, and it's just you just gotta teach that. And you know, in that video, if you saw the DUI. She she was uh, pretty much with her mom also, and you could just say you you could just see that. Yeah, the the mom pretty much raised this child to be this type of way, and it's just obvious, you know, this, it just happens from a young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanna, I wanna like, after seeing that second video, and uh, and this is a again, I keep saying, guys, like when we talk about these topics, we're only speculating on the information that we we have. Uh, things develop, like so. Going back to the wife and Lucci story, like uh, he, he could very well be innocent. Um, and I, I'm gonna presume that he's innocent or whatever. But with with this situation, I earlier I had said like I think this is a, a great thing that that happened because it puts a spotlight. It's raising awareness of of like uh, uh these false accusations that people had to deal with all these decades long. But I want to say the bigger picture, in the long term, it is positive. But it isn't a great thing that happened. Because the, the 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 kid she tackled is in therapy right now, and the mom is right. She he her son shouldn't have to be going through this. Like it was it was traumatic for him, right? So it, it wasn't all good. It wasn't it, it isn't all great, you know. Um, he still shouldn't have just because he didn't get in trouble by the cops doesn't mean that there's like not some sort of a trauma from that, you know what I mean? So yeah, 
Yeah. But, also, we got to remember that, you know, Karen is just not synonymous with white women. It could even be, could even be a dude. And, you know, obviously she was like a, I think she's Puerto Rican or possibly, you know, Hispanic descent. And, you know, yeah, it just shows yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not just a white women thing. And that's, that's, that's true. That's true. It's a, it's a, it's definitely a mentality, a personality, but there is like a, an adopted mentality that minorities can take from, from, Karen's because Karen's is mostly associated. Like when you think of a Karen, you do think of like a fucking middle-aged soccer mom or something like that. But yeah, it can't, it can't, it, it don't have to be just white people per se, but uh, I'm just glad these people are being, being exposed. Uh, it just shows the privilege, man. It's like, obviously, you know, yeah, it, it just it shows the privilege that a lot of people have, you know, cause you know, even if, it, if she's not white uh, at first, it, you, you can't really say, hundred percent say you know she's not white when you first look at her yeah yep 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 yeah man so that's crazy yo that's crazy i'm glad i was able to, I'm, I'm glad we were able to uh react to something finally we, we've always talked even before doing the uh show that like yo we should we should include some 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 audio of us reacting to something and uh we finally got to do it and uh yeah monty that's what's up 13 episodes in episode 12 or 13 what are we on 12, I think, 12 or 13. Okay. Either way, was, we yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. You, could, you could see, you know, we, we're trying to do different things, see what works and what might not work, and, you know. Exactly. We're still very much a baby podcast or whatever, but we're about to transition into um, what's traditionally known as, you know, what, what, what's, what's piqued your interest over the last week? What, what piece of media has have you found compelling or interesting over this last week, Monty? I think we actually have a, a similar answer. Yeah, this time, this might be a discussion than just giving what we've been watching because we might delve into like a spoiler discussion because uh, we've been both been uh, actually finished up recently with a with a anime called The Great Pretender from Netflix. So, yeah, you know, man, I'll, yeah. I'll give my, I'll set my thoughts because I have a lot to say, but well, what do you think of it uh, that you just told me that you finished uh, both seasons of the anime? Well, I want to, I want to, so, so The Great Pretender is an original Japanese crime comedy anime. Uh, it was a television series produced by Wit Studio. Uh, yes, I am reading from Wikipedia. I just want to give y'all an overview of what The Great Pretender is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's... Uh, How would you about, describe it? How would you... If, if somebody told you, yo, what is what is Great Pretender? What would you... What would, what would be yourself? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spin on Robin Hood. Uh, so... It's about con artists. The main characters are con artists, but they're con art con artists with 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 a set of morals and principles, and they only they only swindle the rich and corrupt. So they only take away from the rich and corrupt. And um and I've never seen an anime show like this before, and I'm gonna put it all the way out there, bro. Like when I read the like I watched it because there was nothing else to watch, and I'm like everybody knows I'm a, I'm an anime fan, but I hadn't seen no fire anime recently, and Netflix kept like putting in this in my face every time I went to netflix.com boom the great pretender and I, I heard I've been hearing about it through the grapevine and so I finally watched it and I'm like man I'm probably not going to get past two three episodes of this but next thing you know man I was like on episode six or seven when I realized like oh I, I, I'm enjoying this I'm enjoying a show that, that that that's about con artists and, and all of that um it's not it's not just that you know it's that it's con artists it's just told really entertaining way with each episode especially you know 
once they reveal how they they did everything it's just damn man it's it's really really well written and really well in the structured and you just want to know how they how they fucking pull this shit off yeah 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 i i agree with that um you know and i'm i'm really iffy when it comes to comedy uh, especially especially anime comedy i'm very picky i don't i don't like some of the greatest anime of all time like full metal alchemist brotherhood a lot of the weaker portions of that show is the comedy aspect of it. it a lot of times, animes just do not make me laugh. Uh, uh, and then there's like what you have, like mental chuckles. Like I'm pretty sure everybody relates to like finding something funny, but not funny enough to where you physically laugh or chuckle. So it's like, oh, okay, I get it, ha ha ha, in your mind. Uh, but you know, there were some times I I, I genuinely laughed at, at this show. It's a, a crime comedy, but there are it does it isn't afraid to. Uh, get dark yeah. at times. I wouldn't say it's like straight up comedy. It's more lighthearted, you know. Like I would say lighthearted and just has a more lighter tone, especially yeah, especially through the music too, man. I love the music on this anime. The jazzy, there's just jazzy soundtrack in the background, just blaring uh, a lot of times, and I loved it. it. Just really set the tone, and not even that. That plus um, also the animation, man. The, I love the animation, the colorful animation and. It doesn't really look like your typical anime, you know, how a lot of Japanese anime, they have, like, wider, bigger eyes and just everything is just... If you see, like, a typical anime, you could you could see, like, how it looks. It's very mm -hmm. different from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Monty, to be fair, though, you are still scratching the surface on, like, anime. Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. A medium, but I right? definitely know what anime, a lot of animes look like because, you know, I... I, I I have my year or eyes to the streets, man. I definitely know what a lot of them look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But all I'm saying is, like, as you get deeper into anime, though, like, you're going to find that it's a lot more variety than what's presented on the surface level. So, like, Great Pretender does have great animation, but you're going to, like, there, there's going to be shows I may recommend you where you're like, oh, shit, like, because The Great Pretender isn't, with this animation style, it isn't like a trailblazer in, yeah. in this type of style. Like, there's a show called uh, uh, Bacano that came out in 2008. It has, like, a very jazzy sound and similar animation, but... but Isn't that show, the anime where the main character is, like, a crocodile head, or is it, like... No, 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 no. <laughs> I know that show, too. That, that show's pretty dope, too. We'll talk about that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that show, but no. that show's really good. But that, that's way newer, though. I'm, the show that I'm also about really out. looks unique to me from an anime perspective. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if I would like it or not. But on the Great Pretender, though, um, yeah, man, it, it was it was it was well written. And then you know when they when they go into like how they they pull certain things off, it was it was it was interesting. Now, I, I am a critic at the same time. Oh yeah. So do you want to delve into the spoiler section, more of a spoiler discussion? Yeah, uh, yeah, we 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 can we yeah. can. Um, and yeah, if you want, if you don't want to hear this, any spoilers for this show, you could skip ahead probably ten minutes or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, so the the, the show is interesting because it starts off with uh, with uh, what's the name? I'm always like bad with like names, especially Japanese ones in anime. Uh, Makoto, Makoto, yeah, the, yeah, the Makoto. main character's name. And uh, it starts off with him just doing petty theft, petty crimes, uh, pickpocketing and stuff like that until he meets somebody that's like a real world class uh, uh, con artist who shows basically shows him that there's levels to this. And, you know, he has he's just a mastermind. He's, uh, that guy's name is Laurent. Laurent 
brings them into like the the world class level of con artistry. And uh, you know, basically they go to um Hollywood and their first big scam is to scam this Hollywood director guy who the Hollywood directing tag is just a front for him actually being somebody involved with uh selling drugs and uh I think possibly engaged in trafficking and uh but mainly selling drugs and uh they basically finesse him by selling him candy but they convince him that this candy is like the next big thing the next big drug and uh it, that, they, that they episode have, i would say you know definitely they definitely included a lot of you know over the top anime tropes you know how remember the when i think her name is abby and she took the candy and, yeah yeah and that, that yeah she went nuts yeah. yeah and that when i saw that i'm like man i don't know if i'm a i don't know but it, it but they still <laughs> they still knew when to do it and when to tone it down man that's what i liked about yeah it. yeah yeah and as the show and, and as the show progressive progresses it gets like darker and darker like like the 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 bigger like the 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 next operation, if you will, of the per- next person that they're going to like swindle, it, you find that it gets like their target gets a lot more corrupt, a lot more immoral, uh, especially the start of the second season where they're straight out infiltrating uh, uh, a human trafficking organization where they're actually selling kids and auctioning kids off. That shit was like, whoa. Like I have, I have a lot of criticism when it comes to season two, but yeah, just... Yeah, go ahead. We'll okay. talk about I got criticisms as well. Yeah, I got criticism criticisms as well. I think overall it's a great yeah. show that's like really, really binge worthy. Oh yeah, man. Like really binge worthy. You know, usually with anime, um, you know, sometimes uh, so far what I've been watched, I usually, you know, stop probably like I will probably watch one episode at a time or probably a couple episodes, but this episode was it, it there's a reason this was a Netflix exclusive show, you know, this was pretty pretty breezy to go through, man. Pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, my favorite character has to, and it isn't because she's dark skinned, but I, I really do like Abby. Oh yeah, yeah, I was gonna say she's, she's definitely really. She's kick ass, bro, and she's just very clever. And I would and say, even though this, she, this is probably the one of the few animes I've seen where they portray like darker skinned people uh, in a, in a more you know, they portray them in a better light. I would say because I haven't really seen. I, I'm not into too deep into like you know a lot of the animes, but. As a casual, I would say this is probably one of the few times I've seen a lot of the darker-skinned people, you know, portrayed, you know, a lot, Girl, lot better, I would say. I mean, one of the greatest anime, one of the greatest animes of 2019 was The Promised Neverland, and look how they had that black maid looking. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. That was that bad, was, bro. <laughs> that was horrible. If you guys don't know, The Promised Neverland, great anime yeah, show, that's a, that's well, at least the first season. Favorites, but, yeah, that's definitely a big criticism with that show. Yeah, yeah. It, the Promise Neverland is a great show. To pro- I, I don't want to spoil that at all because, I mean, the first episode, it just really grips you. I don't want to take that away, but basically they have a black maid in that show, and it's every negative black woman stereotype you can think of exhibited in that character. <laughs> Exaggerated, like, hips, lips, ears, eyes, Man. uh, uh, uh yeah. the mannerisms. It, it was bad. It, it was uncomfortable to look at. See, bro. we could go I, into, I like, a dip- deeper discussion about it, too, because I feel like the you know the writer or people behind this show, they definitely have a more more of a bigger grip on the American culture. You know this show definitely had a lot of American influence. Obviously, it's set in LA and a lot of different all over the world. But I feel like you know the people behind this show definitely knew a lot more about how to portray darker skinned people. Just had a more you know 
more they're not as ignorant as maybe a lot of creators that are solely based on Japan and they're not aware of a lot of the a lot of the you know different cultures or different ways you know people live down yeah, here yeah so yeah I think I'll give it that yeah 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 that's true that's true I can you you can definitely tell that there's like a worldly a worldly uh appreciation or maybe even worldly experience uh with the creators of uh the great pretender or whatever but season two dealt with like them infiltrating you know human traffickers and robbing them of everything they got by manipulating the two rival uh japanese and the biggest uh japanese human trafficking uh organization and the biggest uh china one um and i think shanghai right and so um you know they do their thing and they manipulate it but i will say this monty like the great you know the, the that last big one um man that was, was kind of over of, the top man i was like did y'all really saying, bro. A fucking, like a whole house like a whole not even a house whole freaking platform like a building on an island yeah like a build yeah it's like damn. yeah and then you had to suspend your yeah, disbelief yeah. on a whole nother level than you did before also you yeah. had to really like and, and and then like drugging them make it like like you 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 put you put uh um you drug them with their with their alcohol and then they just wake up there. So and, and they don't have any complaints. Like, wait, 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 what? What happened? Because when they fell asleep, they were like in a whole different country. But I would so say though, me, like, the they one uh, excuse you could make that they already made a lot of money from their previous scheme. So they probably had, I don't know, help building it as exactly how they wanted. So I don't know. I'll probably, mm -hmm. I could probably excuse it a little bit if, if, you, if that was your excuse. Right, right. But, you know, it's still, it's still pretty crazy. Yeah, but I'm just talking about the drugging part where they drug the two the two oh, bosses yeah, yeah. of of the human trafficking rings where they they put something in their cup and then have them go to sleep for an absurdly long time and then when they wake them up they they just happen to be there at the meeting. Yeah, like, that's pretty like, easy. That's pretty like you know they're like they didn't really yeah, think it yeah, through that it, much because you know. Yeah, and not to mention like what took place. You know, you see how they tried to give give us the run around with the main character looking like he's gonna betray yeah. the man. The that was too much. He's man. I, I actually wish they pulled the Death Note type shit where you know he kind of betrayed his dad and everybody. I wish they actually went through it. And I was like, damn, bro, this is another yeah, scheme. yeah, because it, it kind of got old at that point. Yeah, and then and then much not to mention all the people that they all the people that they swindled. Before. Yeah, that was I was gonna bring that up, man. Like. Now they're becoming friends. friends. <laughs> they just uh, came through just like that, and helping them and all that. Like I, Monty, that I, definitely I brought it down. Bro. That was the too whole much. Episode dog. was just. I, I feel like the finale of. Uh, I, I I like the build up to you know the finale to the last second season, but you know uh, how they revealed they did everything. I was like, man, this this might be too much. This this definitely brought it down. See, the first season was four four point five out of five for me. And the second season was like three point okay. five out of five for me, so it really brought it down, like heavy. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I'll, I'll give it like a three, a three out of five. In the second season, I'll give it like a, a the first. First season, season was fire, I man. Really I think I like almost every 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 arc, every episodes, and really really like the backstories too. And I'll say another thing, man. With second season, remember when uh, they faked, you know, uh, went through the, all the deaths, and where the main character. Had to kill everybody off, like not even everybody. His dad and pretty much the other two female characters, and pretty much throw them yeah. at the river or the ocean. And yep. after that, yep. we're supposed to pretend that he actually, you know, he actually didn't know 
like he didn't really aware of the plan and he actually went went with the actually became friends with the boss and he actually started you know actually going along with all the trafficking shit like are we supposed to pretend that he actually gonna he was gonna live through all that shit you know he he was actually he actually became a bad guy for a couple a couple you know couple couple episodes that went back to being good again like he he was doing some child trafficking shit it's not some you know just it's not just you know yeah, stealing or some shit it's like some real life shit scary shit that yeah, you're doing man. like that he that we're supposed to pretend he's good again and you know also with the plan and it's i don't know bro <laughs> it was I, bro i'm not gonna lie it was a letdown the only reason i'm not gonna give it like because if any other anime would have pulled it off I, first off i wouldn't have probably i wouldn't have watched the whole thing because there was just a lot of different little things where i'm like this just isn't yeah. believable even even in the context yeah, of anime yeah, yeah. and anime you know they stretch believability in anime but even in the context of anime i'm like oh this hurts to watch but i'll still give it like a three out of five for second season just out of the the, the fact that like i was yeah, engaged yeah, yeah. i still liked it like i still the characters really let me great. just say that the characters are the number one thing of this show like even though it was it stretched the believability i just wanted to see where these characters ended up because i i was invested in them they had depth also them. another thing with the ending remember i forget the name but it she was the love interest for you know laurent uh uh yeah 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 i know yeah and she 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 oh yeah that was a big reveal where like she was uh the love the main love interest of laurent was somebody that was supposed to have died and this was this last big scam was supposed to be the last big con artist con artist uh uh swindle of the the 21st century was or how do i say hold on let, let me let me i think she cynthia together. right so that's the character's name Okay, yeah, 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 Cynthia. So Cynthia and Laurent had a history, and and she died trying to pull off their last great big scam. They were going to retire from being con artists, but she ended up dying. And, and she had course, her, Laurent you know, she had her hands press. handcuffed when, uh, when you know, she was shot, and <laughs> that's another thing. Yeah, bro. Like this show cannot, you know, commit to killing any characters. Like, I don't think I remember any characters being killed. And, you know, obviously, you know, one of the message of the show was that, you know, we don't we don't kill when we do what we do. But, you know, still there should be consequences. So, you know, next time it does happen, it's like I'm not going to believe it. And I feel like they're going to bring it back. Yeah, bring yeah, it back, yeah, yeah. Bring whoever they kill back in later seasons or later episodes. So it's like it's kind of that that was disappointing too. bringing her back. I feel like that kind of, you know. Yeah, man, because, like, they shot, you know, she was on the boat. She had her hand, she, she was handcuffed. They shot her, uh, presumably, in the head. She fell She fell back. And you're telling me on, on the last big reveal of season two was that, oh, she washed up on an island yeah. somewhere? That's not how that works. Also, <laughs> yeah, she also had, you know, when, uh-huh. when they all get, get killed, like, you know, the when they fake getting killed in the ocean. Like, are we supposed to pretend that nobody got shot in the head, like, if you're like a bad guy, like a gangster, like I would think, if you want to make sure they die, you you would shoot them in the head, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's ex- execution, yeah. execution, uh, shootings. That's literally a, a mark of the mob. That's the mark of criminal underworld, you know, organizations. Like shoot them in the head, so we know there's no chance that they, yeah, man, yeah, like that little ketchup packet that they have in their coat <laughs> in the uh, bulletproof vest or whatever. That doesn't work for your head see with anime you could get away with a lot of this stuff because you know it's anime it's animation so 
It's not as yeah, yeah, yeah. With live action, it's not as easy to pull off because you know live action is more you know reality based or real. So obviously, I, I, I you know obviously it seems like we have so many criticisms, Ben, but I still enjoyed the hell out of this anime. Yeah, yeah, I would still recommend it if you yeah. need something to binge. Is even if you're like a, a, a like one of those if you're a casual yeah, yeah. anime watcher like like my man Monty, or if you're one of I, I wouldn't mind it being somebody's first or, or second yeah, or third anime. anime. I still look at Death casuals, you know, obviously like me. Yeah, yeah, I still I still hold Death Note as the greatest gateway anime ever because like a lot of times people have their their preconceived notions of anime, and Death Note shatters it because of how serious it takes yeah. itself. A lot of people. Coming in anime like oh that cartoony stuff you know Dragon Ball Z <laughs> all that shit like nah bro it gets deeper it gets dark like you gotta respect anime as a medium yeah. I feel like and Death Note does that to a T and then look at the Great Pretender which is a lot more lighthearted and and comedic but 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 yeah, yeah man great show the Great Pretender is a great show I will say this though Monty I saw the trailer of uh, Alice in Borderland I'm I, it, oh it you definitely got to see it, it man my uh, you know. I- the anime they had interest. an anime too with that show, but it wasn't it wasn't that great. So you definitely got to sh- watch the live action because I think they they really did a good yeah, job yeah. with the live. You watched action all of it? Show. Yeah, yeah, I finished it. Okay, is there like a uh, a good plot twist, twists and turns? Oh yeah, yeah. There's definitely plot twists, so you got to watch out for that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. See, I'm I'm excited to watch. Let me ask you this though: when I watched the trailer, it was in English. Did you watch the show in English or with English subtitles? Do not out, man. See, it's interesting. I was going to discuss this another time, maybe. Okay. But, you know, with uh, with anime, I could, I could tolerate English English dubs, actually. They're not as bad. And, you know, it, it, it's actually passable because, you know, it's animation. But with live action, man, dubbing is like, I don't know, dubbing is terrible. It doesn't sound that great. <laughs> it's the, it sounds terrible. It just doesn't sound realistic. But, yeah, I was, uh, I try to watch everything live action with subs on because uh, dubs are just terrible man <laughs> yeah 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 i would say like from the live action uh shows i've or movies i've seen when it comes to like films made in japan korea india uh, mexico brazil it seems like uh it seems like the english dubs are 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 typically trash like the mouth movements and all that yeah it's, it, with anime they're a lot more successful because they can just make the it's just lip flaps in anime at the end of the yeah, day yeah, yeah. but in live action like you actually looking at like the the movements of the lips and the tongue move it just doesn't also they hire like you know with anime they, they have they hire more you know people who know how to probably do you know voiceovers better with live action i feel like they just hire <laughs> Just anybody and oh yeah, the pool of talent, the pool yeah, of talent. Yeah, yeah. And, and who knows? They could go through a renaissance phase because I don't know if you know, but early nineties, like there are some hilarious old school Dragon Ball Z dubs, Monty. Like, yeah. One of these days I'm gonna show you, but like anime used to have really bad English dubbers, bro. Like people that you might have thought that they just grabbed from a uh, after their shit, like grab somebody that works at a gas station. Like, hey, can you come do this? You you speak English, <laughs> or, and and it sounds like that. Yeah. And when you hear the dubs in other languages, it's it's hilarious. And then like some sometimes in sometime in like the what early two thousand mid two thousands English dub English dub started getting a lot more of their respect with shows like Death Note, with shows like Bacano, uh, uh, starting starting to gain more respect on on English voice actors because before the mid two thousands. English dubs were like 
all the elitists would laugh at you if you said that you watch the English dub. Now, yeah. you know, now it's like, okay, whatever. It's it's all about your preference, but okay. Over so the years, I've watch- gotten a lot better with, uh, you know, anime dubs, but yeah, live action is still, still mostly terrible. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Alice in Borderland, English subtitles, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably, yeah, I'll definitely end up checking it out. I'm surprised uh, a lot later. of people don't know this an- uh, this manga. Like, you know, usually... Usually, this uh, these type of Alice in Borderland, these type of shows are, you know, they have great manga fan base. But a lot of people didn't know about this anime, and I mm. think I think somebody explained it to me that they they didn't really actually have any official English, like English version of the mangas. Right. So probably that's why that might be might, might have been the that, reason why. And and, never and a, a lot of movies that pop culture consumes didn't watch the, the or didn't read the source material because like in america a lot of our our favorite films are based on books that were uh authored right so it's almost like i mean a great story is a great story and so a lot of times they'll turn books that a lot of people don't know about into film and then people fall in love with it so i think even if a lot of people didn't know about the the manga if it's a good story it's a good story so i, I hopefully it will uh translate and uh yeah Monty like yeah, you recommended me quite a few things I haven't I haven't watched all your recommendations but every one that I have watched I've I've been sufficiently pleased with so uh I'm hoping Alice yeah. in Borderland continues also that. Uh, out uh, with Alice in Borderland yeah the beginning is really really good I would say in the in the not, not the middle like just few episodes right on this ending it might have been like uh, I don't know about this but they really bring it back at the end though I feel like okay, they do, okay, do okay. Really You're just giving job. me a warning. You're giving me a warning to like stick it through, because uh, the end it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Monty, this has been a great episode, Monty. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I think you you also had like another another thing that you checked out the documentary, Ice documentary. Ice documentary. Oh shit! I almost forgot about that. Yeah. So the um, man. See, we. It, <laughs> I was so excited to end it on the positive. If, 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 bro, if I would remember that, I would have talked about the ICE immigration uh, documentary before the anime because, like, the anime thing, it was, you know, nice, cool, chill conversation. The ICE immigration documentary, just to put it pretty simply, like, I've only watched the first episode. I don't, I don't even know if I'm going to continue it because I feel like I got everything I need to know on the first uh, episode, which is, uh, it just shows ICE officers going to families and deporting, deporting them, deporting, uh, Oh, yeah. mostly men. I would mostly not want to watch that. Yeah, yeah, but but it goes into the politics of it. Like they say, bro. Like with with other organizations, federal government organizations, like they at least get like six months in advance when laws change. Whereas like with ICE, like it's almost immediate. So when Trump came in, like before Trump, like uh uh before Trump and Obama's administration, ICE would only deal with they would only deal with like criminal, uh, undocumented uh immigrants. When Trump came in, it was like, no, just if you're undocumented, you got to go back. So it went from like a, a relatively small federal organization to like, like rapidly hiring tens of thousands of, of, of people to become ICE agents because now it's like we're deporting everybody. And then it shows, it shows them physically separating the men from their kids. And it gets into that whole thing where, and, and, and I will say this, like, I think, I don't know how many uh, weeks or if it was the entire month, but they tried to actually reconnect the, the 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 families with their kids, but it was really hard because they had already deported the men. But it, there was just so much media attention on the fact that Trump just signed an executive order that made it okay. Because before it was never okay, Monty, to like separate families. 
and detain kids by themselves. Uh, so just doing so that, just based on this this ice thing that Trump pulled up, man, it, that should be disqualified. On that should have disqualified of him, you know, being being a great president in the first place, man. He's just that's just evil, despicable thing. You would think because even Trump, not even like uh, uh, two months later, like signed the executive order, like, okay, look, let's at least try to reconnect them because it, it was just such a like, what the fuck? And ultimately, like 3,000 families got, I think it was like 3,000, maybe 2.5, 2.8, I don't know, but like, uh, I'm rounding this to like 3,000 uh, families got d- disconnected from each other. And we're talking young children, like two years old, five years old. And then you get to see the men that are being detained on camera, getting interviewed and crying, like breaking down crying, talking about how like this might be the last time that their kid ever gets to see them. Uh, This one dude went into a story about how his five-year-old boy, I I, I could be getting the age wrong. He could be actually eight because there was just like uh, plenty of stories in that first episode, but like his, his, his young child saw his mother get murdered right in front of him. And so he took the, the father took the kid to a a therapist and the the psychologist pulled his, pulled the father to the side and said, look, you got to stay with this child for, you know, until he, you know, is at least 18 because he needs you. He just saw his mother die in front of you. So of course he broke down because he got separated because he got deported. And so he broke down on camera because he just heard the therapist tell him like, like there, by any means necessary, you need to stay with your kid. He just saw his mother die in front of him. And that was why they, you know, illegally came to America because in the country that they were immigrating from, that's where the mother got killed. It was just that reckless. It was that chaotic of an environment. And that's what they're trying. A lot of them were trying to escape from. Um, And I think the Trump's organization, Trump administration was, ultimately looking for that to be a deterrent. They were hoping that uh, undocumented, uh, like would be, uh, would be undocumented immigrants would hear that, oh, if you come over here, we'll separate you from your kids. They were hoping that like stop people from coming over. But ultimately it was realized by, you know, the people made their voices loud and clear that the ends don't justify the means. And that's basically episode one of that documentary. The, another bad, uh, a bad part about it was like they interviewed the supervisor. Or I, I'm not familiar with all the ranks, but there was definitely somebody in the chain of command that was uh, directing other his, you know, other ICE agents. And he was like, "How many did we get today?" Like he was just so excited and and I don't know, the detached from 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 what he was doing. Like they interviewed some ICE agents, and some of them were like sad. Some of them were were, were like. Like, damn, man, I hate that I have to do this, but I am just doing my job, right? Like, it, it came to this, Monty. Like, when you when they would go to somebody's crib, a lot of times they have what they call collaterals that are living at the crib where they're about to go and get somebody and deport them. They, they'll go into the crib and ask for everybody's IDs. Oftentimes, there might be other, like, undocumented citizens. So even though they have a warrant to go in and arrest or deport that one person, they'll start taking, like, everybody in there. And just by just being there, and yeah, man. But the, this 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 one supervisor dude, he was just so in love with the idea of deporting people to another country. He just felt like he was really, you know, doing a good thing, and it, it kind of made me sick to my stomach. Because at least some ICE agents was like, "Man, I hate I have to do this." Uh, but yeah, I just want to be clear. Under Obama's administration, ICE uh, the ICE agency was really like way smaller, and they only deported people that were criminal agitators that weren't supposed to, you know, that weren't legally supposed to be here. When Trump came in, it was like everybody got to go. Yeah.
that is supposed he, to he be took here. no prisoners yeah 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 and so that's where the arguments of fascism and all that come you know comes about and all that and uh yeah so there's that but, uh, something would do say that uh always bring it up how obama deported more more people but i don't know i, I, I haven't looked into that statistic more yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, people did definitely get a, uh, deported under Obama, but Obama didn't make that like a big part of his campaign. And again, look at the evidence of the fact that ICE, the agency that is in control of deporting, like quadrupled, if not more in size when Trump took office. So yeah, people did get deported under Obama, but he wasn't separating people uh, from their families. And he wasn't just going after like collaterals and anybody that you like, it, it wasn't as extreme. But, uh, I feel like when I'm he not did, to did, did do it, he, he he really did not know what was going on because, you know, yeah. try, with Obama, because he, I think with Trump too, because obviously Trump does not know what the fuck is going on either way. But <laughs> with uh, with Obama, I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah, it, it just, it's just sad because like when when that executive order did get passed, he had a lot of it. He convinced a lot of his. Uh, supporters that that was the right thing to do like hell yeah separate them from their kids and even he himself backtracked on that right um to the point where a lot of trump supporters was like bro what, what, what's happening trump you're turning soft on us like you need to separate these men from their families do you think uh, uh i don't know because obviously i don't i don't feel like watching this man this sounds too depressing <laughs> and do you think if stuff, people bro. who actually support this type of ice immigration type shit do you think they would change their mind if they watch something like this because you know you, you mentioned the officer like the supervisor even he he's doing this uh, taking part in this act he's seeing all this shit going down he, even he's not phased he's uh he's just like yo i want to do this more and it's like damn how yeah, can yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that that's a good point i would if you have like a if you're pro-immigrant or pro-ice yeah watch, watch the first episode like like it'll give you like a sobering look into like what really happens but definitely if you're pro-ice and think that like hell yeah let's get rid of immigrants and all that it's going to show you hopefully like it'll pull on at least one heartstring and it might not change your whole position but damn like you got to be sympathetic to like what they're going through there's no if you watch that first episode and be like eh, i mean it is what it is like and, and man watch some people just Roman cannot be saved man they're lost cause <laughs> You know how how yeah. a lot of people say all oh, racist. You know they could change. But some people just just gonna be stay that way. <laughs> whatever happens to them, that's whatever the experience they that's go a, through. That's a sad reality. That's a sad truth. Um. So yeah, man. <laughs> that that's that's that, Monty. Um. Yeah, a lot a lot of things yeah, man, covered this, this episode, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling great about this episode. Like I really, I really enjoyed this one. I really, um. Yeah, man. I like this episode a lot. Uh. And yeah, man, you guys will be hearing it soon. But uh, until next, until next time, until next week, uh, be safe out there, guys. Twenty twenty one. Hope everything is uh, going right. I, I hope you guys are seeing positive elevation and leveling yeah. up. Uh, you know, moments in your life right now. Um, but yeah, until then. Until yeah, next, next time. episode, we might have some. You know, because that's uh, that's the Biden inauguration on twentieth. So hopefully, you know, oh. everything goes smoothly. But I'm hearing a lot of. A lot of crazy shit might go down uh, by that point, but hopefully we're still mm. up here, you know, hopefully bringing some good, positive, more positive news instead of more crazier news. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. We shall see, Monty, we shall see.
out.